Welcome back, Sludiverse episode 22. We're joined by Martin Herner, AKA Doke TV. He's an amazing graffiti artist, artist in general, huge content creator on YouTube. You know, we've been virtual friends for many years. I've been following Doke since 2015. It's amazing. We have so much in common actually, just from different parts of the world. We're like the exact same age um, and we've done similar things. So it was so interesting to get to sit down and talk with him. He was visiting New York City and we talk about graffiti, his opinions on art, his aspirations of moving forward with art, his rise on YouTube, much more. There's a guest surprise question for him, which is really great. You'll have to check out. But it was just a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed it. We also painted a mural the next day after recording this podcast. And you can check out that video on my channel or his channel. Really epic. Episode 22 with Doke. Please enjoy. Let me just say this. Somrad zesme samohil threatnut o zombinye si ujazne provot. That was perfect. Did you understand what I said? Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, the last. What was the last word? Read it again. Si ujazne travota. Vorta. Torta. Okay, it was really hard, <laughs> but. I really appreciate it. For people who don't know what I said, I said, I'm glad we got to meet in person. You're an awesome creator and Smo Nova is an old man. Ah! <laughs> Perfect. This is all we need to say yeah. right now. But welcome, dude. You're in New York City. Thanks a You're lot. You're excited to my be here? My pleasure. I'm very excited. This was uh, on my uh, travel list for a very long time. Right. And... It's awesome. I'm, you know, here for just about uh, eight hours, and I already love it. Yeah, and you're 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 by Central Park, which isn't super close to me, but you're bouncing around. And we've also never met in person until twenty minutes ago. Yeah, which is awesome. Exactly. Uh, it's definitely awesome because uh, we know each other um, virtually. Yes. For a very long time. Very long. And finally, we got this chance, you know. It's, yeah. it's always awesome when you meet someone you, who you know. Yeah. But in person, it's always very different. It's so awesome. And for me also, like, I feel like we have the little community now, like 1000, Kipto, who exactly. you worked with, Smo. We're all, like, pretty good virtual friends. Yeah. And I remember that this was not the case before. Mm -hmm. I, I knew about you. Then somehow I... Uh, noticed 10 hundred mm -hmm. and then you two were like uh, starting collaborating yep. together and i and smo yep. started to collaborate mm -hmm. together with this old man from <laughs> germany and <laughs> he's gonna love that <laughs> he's gonna be laughing hard yeah. and uh, yeah back then we talked together with Smo and we were like oh, these two Americans mm -hmm. they are working together <laughs> but right now I feel like we are one big group yeah and it's awesome we definitely have to do like a big meetup I know I mean after the huge collaboration with 1000 like that was just first of all the sickest project I think I've done but it really connected us the only person who wasn't involved was Kipto but, but now he's there but now he's there um, and also even running it back, like you were the first person and like I followed you from 
I vividly remember when I left university and I was living at home working at a restaurant. This must have been 2015. You had like 12,000 subscribers and I was watching your videos. Because when I started doing YouTube, it was graffiti. Like I love graffiti. That's what I wanted to do. I like to do murals and characters, but it was all graffiti. And you were like the only other YouTuber who was like a real YouTuber, like yeah. vlogging and doing graffiti. So I've been following you for literally five years, whatever you started. Um, so it's just crazy full circle now. It is. I started in 2014, so we discovered me pretty, pretty early. Mm -hmm. And then you shot up so quick and I was like, what? Yeah, there but, were <laughs> but it was literally like a, a, a proof case of like, wow, look at this kid doing it. He's not even in America. You know, he's all the way in Slovakia. I don't know how big YouTube is there, but I'm like, holy crap, like he's doing it and getting success. And it just it totally was inspiring for me. Yeah, until till this day, I am still pretending uh, in front of YouTube that I'm from America. Yeah, <laughs> I have it in my uh, in my description of my channel. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually funny because I was try. I got a lot of stats on your channel because it's interesting. But like when I was typing in biggest Slovakian YouTubers, your name wasn't popping up. I was like, that can't be right. Yeah, because like I, it's you, literally you and PP Peter, right? Um, there are th there is a one guy with a bigger amount of subscribers. And there are a few other guys who are doing uh, not so personal stuff. Uh, one guy builds Lego, Lego, mm -hmm. and yeah. But in, in Slovakia, I mean, people kind of know me, but uh, I'm I wouldn't consider me famous uh, in right. my in my home country. Mm. Okay, so that I I want to like bring it back, and I like to some sort of chronological order of your life. Okay. Like you started doing videos in 2014, but my question is like, what did YouTube mean to you before you started making videos? Were you watching it always? Were all the kids your age in Bratislava like following YouTubers or were you kind of unique in that way? Um, for me, um, back in 2000, I don't know, 12, something like that. Uh, it was the time when uh, YouTubers started to appear in mm. Slovakia. And uh, it was, uh, you know, this new trend and they were mostly recording uh, gaming videos. Mm. And people were like, ah, yeah, YouTubers. Uh, till this day, it's a pretty negative. Uh, oh, really? Um, it's a, it's a lot better these days, but I remember that when someone called you YouTuber, it was almost insulting because mm -hmm. they were doing all these crazy kid, kiddie stuff and uh, something like that. But there were also great, uh, great uh, produ not producers, what's the right word? Creators. Creators, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And I, I was watching some YouTube videos back then, but the reason why I started my very first YouTube channel was actually pretty embarrassing because I had a friend mm -hmm. uh, from my from my classroom and he started to upload uh, pirate videos to YouTube, like uh. American TV shows, <laughs> stuff like this. And he started to make a very serious money. No way. Yeah, he, he made like, I don't know, uh, two grand. And this uh, was like way long, like 2012, 13. 2013. Holy, that's so. That's 11 years ago. Yeah, and we that's were, crazy. you know, you are, we, we were still in high school, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it was just, wow. And we were like, you know, he's making money. 
<laughs> we need to make money. <laughs> so I and also some other friends from classroom, we started our own YouTube channels uh -huh. with our own pirates shit. And <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, but then th these were the wild times on YouTube mm. when you actually could do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But uh, around that time, YouTube started to pay attention to these things and they shut down most of these channels. Wow. I had like six of them. All of them were shut down within a, within a month. So month funny. So, yeah. So. Uh, this was my first contact with YouTube, which is <laughs> not what I was expecting. <laughs> illegal <laughs> enterprise. Yeah. You and the living that illegal high life. High school, Bratislava <laughs> kids. That's hilarious. But so then, okay, money, you understand it, but you also love graffiti. Yeah. I, I, I started with graffiti back in 2007. Mm. Uh, all, once again classroom mates mm -hmm. we started you know we did discover this this world and uh i had a very good friend who was also very interested in graffiti we lived next to each other and this was the time when i developed probably the most like the first two years mm. and this was way before youtube i if i remember correctly even well not even facebook was uh was popular back then wow it was 2007, 2008 that we, we were uploading our stuff to Follow Lock. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it, it was a thing here. It, was it Follow Lock? Yeah. I, don't, I haven't heard of that. No. It was, it was basically like Instagram, but um, there was a graffiti community there, mm. uh, mostly Slovak artists. And uh, yeah, we started to upload there. You know, there were comments. There were even insulting comments from all the artists. Yeah. It, was, it was great. There Perfect. was the we had the feedback. You yeah, know, yeah. there were beefs. It was basically the beginning of this social media uh, space, and it was it was great. And yeah, then when Fadalak uh, sort of got away because of all the other platforms, I also f uh, finished uh, high school, mm -hmm. and I got to college. And this was a little bit like that time when uh, I lost the interest for, for graffiti. Mm. I, I didn't lose it uh, like, like completely, but I also, you know, uh, with this friend, we, before that we were pretty close and everything, but then uh, we all started to do, we all found our own ways, you know, mm -hmm. they were kind of separate, so... It was not that uh, I didn't live that artistic life all that much because I also went to college, which was not connected to art at all. Right. And you were you finished university as a math major. Uh, yeah. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah. Insurance math. Insurance like math. That. Really? Is that yeah. specifically? Yeah. It's 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 called actuary. Actuary. Something like that. I have no idea about math. Yeah, <laughs> most of the people don't really know this. Yeah. I, I was I, every time when I say it, what I what is my major or a thing in college, I had to like add insurance mm. math because right. that's like insurance math. Okay, I know. Because I have a question about that because again, speaking of YouTube, like you, you started first video was in 2014. And in that first year, well, the end of 2014, 2015, you made 60 videos, which is a lot for people who don't make YouTube videos content. Like that's like, a part-time almost full-time job to film edit your painting people again art us artists we have to make the art we have to make the video yeah. and then in 2016 you made 140 videos really 
Yeah, which is insane <laughs> to me. I have only like 220 videos on my channel. In one year, you made 140 videos. And that was, again, when I was following you and when you were blowing up, you were doing like literally three videos a week. Yeah. The, like the, some the, Casey Neistat head crackhead energy. Like, I don't understand how you did that much work. But were you, you were going to school, university. Yeah. During that time. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, uh, actually, uh, the first three years of college were pretty, pretty okay for me because, uh, yes, I was doing graffiti from time to time. But then after these first three years when I was a great student, <laughs> everything went well. Parents are happy. Yes. Uh, then I started to, to take YouTube more seriously. And the, the last two years of college were, were pretty bad. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I barely graduated. Really? Yeah, uh, but I I was so happy that I made it. I was actually thinking about like quitting, mm. but you saw it through. Yeah, which is good. But I wanted to finish that. You yeah. know, I wanted to have that achievement in my life that I finished that. Was your parents very like? Did they not to be too personal, but were was that math route like what they wanted you to do from a young age? And like, hey, get a good job, get this good degree. It will set you up for good work. And was there pressure from your parents? Mm. I mean, for sure, this was probably the path that they wanted me to do, mm. but they were not super strict about it. I mean, yes, my mom from time to time told me, ah, you know, this might not work. Or uh, the absolute classic was, yeah, it might work now, but what you're going to yeah, do yeah. in three years, right? That's smart. Uh, it's but true. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's true till this day, yeah. but uh, they... They always always supported me in this way. Uh, maybe they were not super happy about it, but mm -hmm. they never told me like, okay, stop this. That's Do good. Do something different. And it, especially like when you started getting success, you were making money and like yeah. pretty decent money, I'm assuming. Because another stat here, if people don't know, Doke, he has 100 or 1.2 million subscribers on YouTube, 145 million video views. Mm. And... I have on my whole channel 13 million. Okay, that's the not crazy. <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's so many for people who don't know. And I'm not just saying in terms of how much money that's being made, but clearly, like again, ad revenue. And I'm assuming a lot of your viewership is like actually US, right? Yeah, yeah that's which right. Which is where you make even more money. Exactly. And so, like when you started this full time job, again, 140 videos in one year. As, we're the same age, by the way. You're exactly three months older than me. Oh. I'm March 21st. Okay, Keto. 19, <laughs> 1995. But so like as a 21-year-old and you're making pretty good money where they're like, okay, like keep going, dude. The, 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 this time when I was making free videos per, per week, you know, when I think about it right now, I'm, I'm still like, how the hell was I doing I, that? I was saying the same thing. I was comparing, <laughs> I was comparing myself to, I was like, like I was working at a restaurant full time, but still I was like, oh my God, I can't make this many videos. It, it was, I mean, okay. I, when I take a look at, when I look back at these videos, for sure they were uh, pretty basic, you know, mm. it, most of them were uh, recorded in one day. But what is even crazier to me is that I was even editing all these videos. Right. And yeah, I... <sighs> when i think about it right now it was it was completely crazy and 
Um, I didn't have much time for anything else. Mm. But then it, it, it was not it was not possible to do that for a longer period of time. Yeah. I, I, I remember that I had to push it down to two videos. Mm -hmm. Then later on, I was doing just uh, one video one week and two videos the other week. Right, and yeah. this was the schedule. But yeah. Ugh. But I mean, it proves, especially that year when I think 2016... I think that those are the years of Casey Neistat, right, Chris? Like 2016, 2017. Yeah, like he, 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 was, he was a big inspiration. Being consistent and uploading that much was why you're so successful, I think. I mean, yeah. just the amount of stuff you were putting out, the ability for people to follow you super consistently. It was one of the... Uh, Casey was a huge inspiration back then. And um, it was also the fact that back then, this was the thing that YouTube wanted from you. Yeah. A lot of uploads. So I was just doing that. And uh, fortunately, this sort of changed. These days, mm -hmm. YouTube doesn't want you to upload every single day, mm -hmm. fortunately, because this was the uh, back then, it was the era of uh, daily vloggers yep. like Casey. Yep. And uh, even he would say that it's not healthy to do that. <laughs> no, I mean, not at all. I just remember again, cause like I watched everything that you did and just seeing the amount of videos you're uploading, I'm like, what the hell? But it's just testament to your work ethic and discipline. Also to switch it up real quick. I was watching old of old videos and you were saying, welcome, I'm Doke. Yeah. And so is that actually how you say it? Hey, uh, yeah. <laughs> you made me switch to my native language. Um, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, as I said, I started uh, in 2007. Mm -hmm. This is the, also the year when I gave myself my name. Mm -hmm. Doke. 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 Uh, this, this is the pronunciation. My friends are still this day, they are calling me Doke. Wow. And uh, yeah, but it didn't really go well with American audience <laughs> because they were like, uh, nah. They would have naturally eventually just gone to Doke. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, or, or Doki. Doki. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because it's it's pretty much the same as Nike, right? Right. Mm. Uh, oh, good call. Nike, Doke. Yeah. Something like that. And yeah, some people pronounce Nike, Nike. Mm -hmm. So we were like, Smoey. Smoey. Yeah, I never knew. <laughs> he never really said it either. So I thought it was Smo. And then I heard maybe you either say Smoey. And I was like, oh God, I've been saying his name wrong. You are confused, right? Yeah. Does Doke good. mean anything? Um, it's just little letters. No, no, no. Um, it's not like a word in Slavic. I used to, I used to be Deco before, but then I K E or I K O. Yeah, but then I just realized that there is another guy like this in my city, so I switched mm. letters. So mm. there is no big story behind right. my name, uh, which is kind of sad. But then later on, I realized that Doke in Japanese means "get out of my way." <laughs> And it's awesome. That is good. <laughs> I love the. I love That's that. That's a good one. I love that meaning. Is and, it pronounced the same? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. How is it pronounced in Japanese? I don't know. But... My aunt's Japanese. I'll ask her. Okay. Later. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Let me know. Yeah, that's so funny. Because I just always find it interesting, and I don't want to sound ignorant, but like from being someone who grew up in Europe and having that perspective on America, but also like trying to upload videos for entertainment to get people to view, like even making thumbnail or, or titles in English. Like you're obviously very good at it. You got a bunch of viral videos, but like, was that something that was hard? Like you're great at English. 
<laughs> but like being, you know, you're tending to this almost other crowded country, right? For America, like you're saying, was that ever like hard for you or struggle or a huge learning curve? Um, well, especially if you watch my my old videos, uh, my English was terrible. Really? I mean, I, I, I used to struggle with English all the time uh, in high school and uh, YouTube actually learned me how to speak properly mm. and understand. And I still remember when I uh, when I came to America for the first time, I was uh, on a work and travel program. I was doing a lifeguard in uh, Orange County. Wow. And I still remember that I was so nervous because I, I was afraid that I, I, I won't understand these Americans. Mm. And yeah, most of them were fine, but then there were some guys who had weird accents and they were saying shit. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> nodding. Okay. <laughs> there is a golden rule. If you don't understand, just smile. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's true. Does everyone in Bratislava learn English? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> 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 no, uh, yeah, actually, actually, yes. Uh, it's normal. It's normal. Uh, most, most, I would say, most of the kids start with English uh, in, in when they are like seven years old, mm. something like that. Um, and we also start with German when we are a little bit older. Wow, I've been learning German in high in high school for I don't know seven years, but unfortunately, I don't speak German. Yeah. Wow. But but it's it's mainly because of the fact that we didn't use German. You know, I, I'm using English every single day. Right. That's the reason why I adapted to this this world. But yeah, German. Yeah. Oh man, I'm jealous. I mean, I always get so jealous of people who speak many languages. Do you just speak English? I speak English. I speak Slovak, which is not really helpful in this world. <laughs> but you grew up there. Yeah, I also understand and can speak Czech, which okay. is very similar right, to Slovak. Right. And I mean, German, I kind of understand when Germans are speaking, but barely. Is it similar at all to, to Slav? No, Slav? Not, not at all. Not at all. Okay. I mean, uh, for example, Russian is kind of similar okay. to Slovak, but I don't understand Russian. Oh, okay. Maybe some words, maybe something. Interesting. It's like, I don't know, 20% match, something like that. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, because you're pretty good at English. I just always thought that's so crazy. Like even, and and whether, because I've been to Europe quite a bit. Like I said, my grandma lived there. I've been to Spain and Italy a bunch. And anywhere you go, everyone speaks English. Mm. Like pretty much from my pretty, experience. Pretty, pretty much. Almost everyone. Well, when you go to Italy, for example, not all the time. Really? People, but also in Slovakia, I know that there are areas where if you go, you would be lucky to un to find people who speak uh, fluent English. I mean, yeah. most of the people know some basic phrases. Okay, so it's more the younger maybe generation. Yeah. With social yeah, media. Yeah, 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 definitely. Younger generation yeah. is uh, definitely good at this. Mm -hmm. But speaking about these things, it, it just makes me so happy and it makes me realize how, how grateful I am that I got into this understanding right. because, as I said, I was so bad at it in English. You know, I... I just, this is this is great that I can understand you. It's wonderful. I'm jealous. That's like one of my superpowers. If I had a genie, rub that genie, got some wishes. My One of my wishes would to be speak a bunch of languages. Yeah. I, I could survive in Spanish. Like I worked, took, I feel like normally in the United States, you learn like Spanish or French. Like you have to take one of those and then you'll 
learn it through high school i also took mandarin in high school mm. don't remember one word <laughs> took it for three years but i don't know i always just am like jealous of people who are bilingual it's just so cool spanish would be great yeah i would like to learn spanish. i have broken broken spanish not even i shouldn't even say that um yeah i'm just like it's just crazy again i was looking over your videos i'm just like i was tripping out how long all these things were like I, again, I, I vividly remember watching the PPP collaboration. PP Peter. Yeah. PPP. PPP. PP Peter, <laughs> which was like a huge video, but that was five years ago. That was one of the uh, first big, big successes of my YouTube channel. Yeah. And, my and he was a big, he was bigger than you, right? At that time. At that time, he was starting his uh, foreign uh, YouTube career mm -hmm. because he was well known in Slovakia and he actually had a problem that when he started his uh, English channel, all the viewers were from, all, all, his whole audience were, was from Slovakia. Uh, and so YouTube put him into Slovak uh, group. I see. He wasn't able to reach yeah. global. He was not able to do that. And I was the only guy who actually had some foreign audience. Mm. So that was the reason why our YouTube network, because we are in the same YouTube network, they put us together and we, we made this collab and it was it was so pure. It was I it made was so good. I made the script in, in my head. Yeah. But it was like the first from what I saw, like a big produced story idea, like even yeah. introducing each other. It was it was yes, but I didn't even write it down you know yeah. and and the guy who was filming it it was it was like it was a fan yeah it was a fan i was writing him, with him on facebook and he was like uh -huh. oh you are coming to my okay i'll, I'll come i'll come I said, yeah mm -hmm. sure man you can take some shots and it was so pure and it was till this day i think it's one of my greatest videos because yep. peter he showed his acting talent yeah there. so funny he created such a funny character and <laughs> Yeah, we, we tr actually tried to do uh, like second uh, part of this uh -huh. and it was a lot. We had a script, we had a camera guy, we had everything prepared and it was not so good. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes that's how it goes. That's how it goes. The with, raw. Yeah. Fun. But it's just crazy. Like how, like five years ago, I can't believe that. It feels like yesterday. Also the Kipto when you went to Venice, that was four years ago. The big mural with Smo. Yeah. Um, Germany versus Brats or Slovakia. That was three years ago. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I guess COVID eviscerated two years, but that's like that mural you did was small. I was like, I feel like I watched that yesterday. Yeah, it's insane. It's funny that till few months ago, a part of the some parts of this mural were still there for yeah. so many years because it was so high uh -huh. and nobody got the nerves to paint the wall all the way up. Yeah unfortunately this place doesn't exist anymore yeah that's sad but i shed a tear for you ah i shot <laughs> that place you. was an epic spot to paint it was absolutely great because it was sort of outside of uh, any civil areas so nobody cared what you are doing there yeah so i could you know do mess for mm -hmm. sure i didn't uh, put trash there and stuff like this but you can splash color and yeah do just you do whatever you want and people didn't care do you think that's like a big reason why you were able to practice so much? Because where I grew up in Connecticut, it's like more suburban, not city. Also, there's no graffiti. Like it's not at all like that. But there was a skate park mm -hmm. where they had open walls where that you were allowed to go buff the wall and paint. And like 
without that, I would have not been where I am today because it, it, uh, you know, it gave me the opportunity to paint. And I feel like not a lot of people have that. And like the accessibility of being able to pursue graffiti. Yeah, these, these walls definitely help this. I mean, when I think about it right now, I sort of changed my uh, uh, way of practice because in the last year, I realized that I was painting so many murals mm -hmm. that I actually didn't have uh, a chance to practice. Uh, I, I, I just needed more time for practice because yeah, it's great you prepare a design that takes about two days, but then you are painting that design for other three days. Mm. So that's not really a convenient way for getting better. Mm -mm. And when you when you when I think about that, when I think about this from a perspective of a young artist who lives somewhere where he doesn't have this opportunity, because this is this is a very common question. People ask me, how do I get these walls? Yep. And from my perspective today, I think like you don't really need them, you know, mm. you can practice on paper, on your iPad, whatever, but I guess you need that real life uh, spray painting yeah. experience in order to really get into this world, yeah. of, uh, especially of graffiti. If you do s more street arty stuff, um, but still, still, it's, it's about the streets, it's about painting it in real yeah. life. And using the spray paint, like it's yeah. still a learning curve, the, the technique, um, that was even, I don't do murals anymore, but I remember that was by far the biggest question. Like, did you have to get permission? Where's this wall? And I was just like, nope, skate park in my town lets me. And even before that, there's still a couple of videos on my channel way back, like same time, 2014 in my garage, I put like three things of plywood and would just buff over that paint over it. I used to do times. the same. Yeah. And that was like the best ever. Cause you could just practice whenever you want. And it is true, but it's just interesting because so many people, I think, want to do murals or get into spray painting, but they don't have that sort of opportunity to paint big scale. Yeah, they they, they have to do what they can do, and that's probably digital art, I yeah. guess, because that's pretty accessible. You don't need an iPad for a thousand bucks. You can, you yeah. know, have that graphic tablet for yeah. 60 bucks. Totally. You need a monitor, you need some PC, yeah. and you can do some yeah you can do whatever you want right yeah so what about art versus graffiti like you do would you define yourself as a graffiti writing writer or would you say i'm not trying to speak for you but i think that's a good conversation oh, this versus is, art this or is, an artist this is a big conversation yeah i i am i am <laughs> <laughs> i want to hear your viewpoint on it because I, I got locked into that category also and also my relatives who don't really pay attention they're like oh sam you're the graffiti artist and i was for a while but you know i only did that for really like two years and then i switched kind of really heavily into canvas work and i guess you could say graffiti characters but even my uncles and aunts now are like how's the graffiti going and i'm <laughs> like whatever it's not bad but from your perspective uh yeah i am i am probably known as as the graffiti guy because mm. that's where i started but on the other hand since the day one uh, i was always uh, called out for the fact that i never really painted illegally mm -hmm. and for the true graffiti scene this is this is kind of the point that you need to 100%, have 100 yeah in order to be a graffiti writer yep 
Then there is this other category, graffiti artist, where I tried to put myself, like, I am a graffiti artist. Mm -hmm. I, am, I paint graffiti as an art form. Mm -hmm. I don't do it illegally. That's right. why I don't call myself a writer. This is super uninteresting because it's <laughs> it's just, you know, this, this uh, play with words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, I... I was doing mostly graffiti till, I don't know, 2018. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, when I met Smo, mm. you know, and Smo is this guy who can paint whatever. One of the best what, artists on YouTube, I think. Yes. I mean, he, when I met him and I realized that he can paint whatever he yeah. wants, whatever, I mean, characters, realism, everything, uh, yeah. whatever. And this was something what I wanted to do. That's why mm. I started with this more artistic stuff like painting, uh, well, first of all, drawing yep. or realism and stuff like this. And I sort of abandoned graffiti. Mm. I was not really doing graffiti, but I was still kind of known for being this graffiti guy. And, you know, these comments were uh, starting to pop up like, I miss your graffiti yeah. stuff. Where is the graffiti? Because I was your brand for a while. Uh, yeah, that was that was who I, who I was. And uh, I kind of abandoned that. Then I sort of got back with my I Try series. Mm -hmm. That was like a mix of graffiti. Right. And trying to learn how to paint different yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was working perfectly. This was this was the time when I gained probably most of my, my views because it was it was uh, interesting for people who also don't really care about graffiti. Super entertaining. Yeah, it was because it was a challenge every single yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But then I was like, okay, I did this like 15 times. I hate this. I, I don't really? want to. Yeah. I, 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 every single time when I was coming to the wall and trying to paint something new, I was like, okay. I was like a job at that point. It wasn't passionate. It, you it knew was, the videos would be what doing well. It was still a passion. I, I kind of liked the challenge, but it was, I didn't have a comfort zone. Mm. And I know that this is a common thing. God, get out of your comfort zone. But if you are constantly out of your comfort zone, it's you don't feel good about that mm -hmm. because it's just... And I also kind of ran out of ideas, to be honest, because I painted all these effects. And, yeah, you did a lot. Um, and back to the question, art versus graffiti. Uh, right now, I'm sort of... Uh, because I, I feel like I can... I learned how to paint difference. Mm-hmm different things i can paint realism i can paint characters and right now i'm at the point where i sort of need to choose really interesting graffiti what i want to do what what should define me right moving uh, forward yeah i think you won't ever lose graffiti i don't want to lose graffiti because no, but like I, do you think you'll get worse at graffiti i don't think so I it's think like I, you've spent so long developing uh, a style the understanding i think i got worse in graffiti you think so and people think that too. interesting sadly interesting. <laughs> because i i kind of abandoned it and uh some some of my last pieces were like uh for people people were writing me that oh, i liked your style better when you were uh younger and interesting but i feel like this is the right way mm. you know getting out of your comfort zone right. right right now i'm sort of getting back to it and i need to i need to choose what i want to do and i love the fact that i have this opportunity because before i didn't have it i couldn't say i want to paint characters yeah i didn't know how to do that right right now 
I I mean I don't want to say that I want, I can't paint great characters. No, but you've been I from your videos you've been trying, you've been practicing, yeah. like you've clearly put in years of work to transition to this new world of and right now out of graffiti. Yes, and right now I feel like it's time to define my style again. Oh, that's awesome. Something and that's like exciting. That. I feel very similar. We I think we've had similar paths. I just took I t I left graffiti way earlier than you. Yes. But like I was the same. My whole origin story of anything artistic was graffiti. I loved it. Only from YouTube, seeing people and more specifically like the graffiti characters, like the B-boys. I loved it. I that's what I wanted to do. I remember watching videos being like, I want to do that. How do I do that? But then very quickly I love the characters. I love doing the random faces. And that only informed all of the other realism at a faster rate. Because like, okay, I love these wacky faces. I want to be able to paint a real face. And I want to be able to paint a real face properly. And then I had a couple opportunities to go to this art school over the summer where you would draw humans like naked. And I was just in love with it. But I, I can relate to you in that like leaving and trying a new style but it's so exciting yeah you you basically did the same you abandoned mm -hmm. graffiti um and that sounds so sad though yeah <laughs> Abandon, it's like a child <laughs> goodbye no I don't, see like that's the thing and i i still love graffiti like i have a lot of love for it there's so many guys in new york i i see you have that, been the one <laughs> and like i still follow all the like you know all the old msk guys who are now like very famous like pose or rhyme like i love that i i will always love the culture of graffiti softballs i know you love does yeah softballs as well but i just don't do it anymore but i'm still a fan i'm still a consumer of it yeah but for example uh, speaking of s these styles because i feel like what i was describing before is kind of confusing no but, i thought it was clear but maybe what i see you doing right now or style wise you right now is these characters this this style mm -hmm. that you see behind you and realistic. Yep. And you have these two paths mm -hmm. and that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And maybe one day you will get this third path and you will come back to graffiti. Who, Who knows? knows? Yeah. And yeah. But that's why, like, because again, not to keep ranting, but it makes it so fun because I don't know if you get these questions. How do you deal with artist block? And it's like, I don't have that because... First of all, I'm obsessed. I love to paint and doing things, but I have these different categories of more fantastical, stylized, and then realism, which is a whole nother language. So like you, there's always somewhere else to go if I'm getting bored. And a lot of that has to do with like my YouTube projects. Like I just spent a long time on that Minotaur girl, oil painting, traditional. And I'm, now I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it. Like I want to do one of these projects, you know, yeah. just to fill the void and so I think it's, but I will say at that same time, if you have too many categories, you can't advance. This is my problem right now. Because you're only going a couple percent at so many yeah, things. Exactly. If you only have one or two, you can advance more. So that's been one of my major issues with even oil paint or anything like video, YouTube, you could use any genre. But I think that's true. I, I think this is where I am right now because I, I, I don't know. Two weeks ago, I sort of created this file on my computer where I... Secret file. Yeah, secret file. And I put there like styles folder and I put all these styles that I sort of have in there. And oh, cool. there, was, there was like eight styles and I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. 
this is this is nice but also this is this is exactly that problem mm. i think i'm having it right now that i don't really have a direction and i need to pick one mm. well it doesn't need to be one it can be two three sure. but you can't do eight eight styles and put you know six months into doing that one thing and really you know it yeah. takes time you know it takes a lot of projects a lot of work but i totally feel you and i think it's funny i feel like that actually is unique because it's our job it's also our passions but a lot of kids are or adults are the other side where they're struggling just to find one thing they want to do we have like many things kind of in, yeah. in the basket so to speak and he also yeah and he also mentioned the artist blog and uh i completely agree that i don't really like get artist blog mm. i get super frustrated all the time okay not all the time <laughs> there are times when i get super frustrated yeah but that's i don't call that artist blog i call that struggle and that's uh -huh. it's, it, it will always be there yep and it, it's fine mm -hmm. but speaking of these styles i also think that some artists uh, especially in graffiti community have this other problem that that they have their style mm. and that's all they are doing yeah and yep. i even got um you know this is something what people tell me that i don't have this style and i kind of feel like do i need to have that mm -hmm. one style mm -hmm. but i also need to agree with that that yes you should have some yeah something what is typical for you because right. then it's just confusing for it people. is and i tell people not that i'm some master but i know that like a style you can only get a style by doing something for a very long time and if you force a style, you'll never get anything. It's just the way you paint, the way you draw, it will come naturally. And I always have idolized Kipto and Ten Hundred for that because I think their style is awesome, but it's also just so them. Like you could see a a, a million murals and be able to tell which one's Kipto's, right? Like it's just it's so definitely. the way he paints. And same with Ten Hundred and his characters. Like, and so and that's only from them painting for a decade and like painting a lot just comes naturally he paints how he paints um but it is dangerous to get stuck in one style the advantage of uh this more street art stuff that kipto does and 1000 does is that they still have their one style mm -hmm. but it doesn't look the same all the time right but the graffiti artists they usually paint their name so they paint yeah, the yeah, same yeah. exact thing it's, again it and again. Boring. Yeah, for some people it gets boring. Some people love it. Right. I mean, I love some artists, graffiti artists, mm -hmm. who paint their name and they they paint it again and again. Yeah. For example, you mentioned Softless. He, he paints mostly his name. Yeah. But he he, for example, doesn't have that one style. I think. Oh I think. My, no, he's every amazing. single one of his pieces. Yeah, is kind of different. It's so, or it's completely different. I think he's one of the best artists in the world. I completely illustrator. Agree. Also, his girl characters, like out of his mind, talented. He was a, he was a big role model for me, and he still is because this is something what I want. He has so many styles yeah. in his in his in his backpack, and he yeah. just you know boom boom. Yeah. Some of these videos that he does where he I just know. paints for, I don't know, a weekend. <laughs> In a big warehouse. Yeah. With a million paintings. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Yeah. But on the other hand, you have guys who have their style. And yeah, Kipto, he definitely has that that taste. Like you see that this is him. Yeah. And this is something what you should have 
I, as an artist, mm -hmm. definitely. Especially after a long time. Like again, yeah. like if you're just starting out, all these things you shouldn't like. Don't put pressure on yourself. But if you're if you're a professional, if it's your job and you're, you know, it's your profession. Yeah, you should have some sort of signature style. But it's such a it's such a fun conversation because it's so subjective. Also, you know, like it's art is all subjective. It's absolutely subjective and i like it i kind of don't like it at the same time because i i have that math part of me yeah yeah and it sometimes pisses me off that there is no right answer yeah and at the same time it fake, makes things beautiful in art because uh, there is this problem that you can always call things like this is my opinion in art and yeah. it, it, it people shouldn't uh, be like you are wrong because it's your opinion but mm -hmm. on the other hand we also need some some kind of a level Bro, that defines i'm so on your pit side 100 <laughs> percent. and i i've talked about this a lot and there has to be some sort of hierarchic scale of right or wrong and now it is still subjective even at the highest level but the chris you're gonna I feel like you've heard me say this like a million times, but this is my analogy. It's like music. There's poppy music and then there's jazz and jazz is like more like math. It's a language. The most famous jazz players are the technical best players, uh -huh. chord scales. And so in that world, in that language, there is right or wrong. This is good. This is bad. This is correct chord progression, blah, blah, blah. And then in the music industry, which millions of people love, it's just a couple chords. No one really cares. It's how it sounds, how it makes them feel. And that's why I love traditional oil painting, because there is that almost right or wrong. Yeah. Either you're going to paint a portrait of me and it's going to look like me or it's not. You know, a little thing off, you're going to be able to tell it's wrong. And so that world to me, that category is very almost uncreative because it's just training. Mm -hmm in this language where there is right or wrong. And for me, that's really cathartic. And it, 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 it allows me to just like study and just get better at this sort of language of, um, you know, values of right or wrong rather than this. You know, you can't say that's right or wrong. It's just that. Exactly. But that like, you're going to say that looks like me or that doesn't look like me. So I completely agree. And I'm not ripping on anyone. Anyone should be able to make art and anything, but... I, I need and I desire that sort of uh, rubric and framework of sort of, hey, is this correct? Is this incorrect? I don't know. Rant. I love, th this is the thing that I love about realism, that there is this right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Or there is defined. And it's it's there is a similar topic in, in graffiti, like uh, anti-style. Mm, I haven't you, heard of that. Um, Anti-style. Yeah. Wow, I've not heard that. That's what I meant. Um, it's like a very, you know, you have these classic uh, style guys like Smo, for example, mm -hmm. very mm, how, clean, yeah, very stylized, and yep. then there is anti. Yep. How do I, how do I, anti anti same thing anti style, and you just many times this style looks like complete punk. Wow. And people, uh, a lot of these classic style writers. Oh, um, we got anti-style. Are these uh, true? Yeah, sort of. Uh, some of some of these pieces were like classic, more classic. But um, this we is lost it, Chris. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. A quick two seconds. See it. No, I mean. Okay. But I got what you're saying. Like Smo is like classic, wild yes. style, and amazing, then, beautiful. And then there is this other other path of anti style, and a lot of people like hate on it because it's 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 kids does that and blah blah blah. And um, the thing is that if you start with uh, because these um, anti 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 same thing. Anti, anti style pieces. <laughs> They're definitely easier to make because uh, most of the time it's like technically easy. Ah, uh, yeah. And people hate on it because of that. But on the other hand, I love that it's so different. Mm -hmm. But if you start as an artist with anti style, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like okay. I completely respect when someone who uh, proved his skills in painting yes. start doing this because I know that he he can yep. like Picasso. Exactly. exactly, I was about to say him. This is the he can paint whatever, anything masterfully. Yeah, and he chose yes Picasso. This yeah. is I, I I felt like I couldn't explain this properly, but this is exactly it what is. I wanted to describe yep. Picasso. And you know he was the one who quoted maybe not. It's been said before. You have to learn the rules to then be able to break them. Exactly. Um, and I completely agree. And that's the same thing with like, if you want to go into the, like more fine arts, it's like people start off doing abstract stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But then you can't, you know, it's like there's, there's, you know, visual language is a visual language. And it's like abstractism is fine. It's, it's a style, but it's, you know, you want to be able to learn you know, again, I don't want to say there's a right or wrong, but for me and my practice, and that's why I went to a school right actually where you're staying on 57th called, it's an atelier where all you do is learn to draw very traditionally and properly. And it's their way or the highway. You have to learn to draw like this. You get creamed with fundamentals for like months and it really helps you understand sort of the theory of being able to paint nature and it was yeah. so beneficial to me and i love that core kind of foundation and rules yeah to inform other random things that i want to do exactly but i see one problem here that wh when is the the time when you can switch from this set path mm -hmm. that is correct and you can start with abstract you're you know? right I, I don't know and because I, I don't feel like a person who who knows uh, all these fundamentals. And I for, there was a time when I was like, okay, I need to learn this first, and then I can start working on my style mm -hmm. because all we just said. But then you 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 realize that to get very good in these fundamentals, you need years. Yeah. And I don't really have that time, you know. No, you don't, and neither do I. And I started late and. There, you're right. There is no time frame and there shouldn't be like it's it's for whatever it's whatever you want to do. You know, like you could still do a successful portrait having only drawn for four or five months. Like it may take you longer. You might fumble around, but there is no path. And the, the sad thing about those traditional schools, the one I went to mm -hmm. only for one year, they are very like elitism and their way is the only way mm -hmm. they hate like abstract artists or anything stylized it's like too traditional it's good to learn but people get sucked into that world where you they don't have the option to go out and 
I don't know. It, it's a rant, but it's a great conversation. And again, we I feel like we've had similar paths and I'm just excited because I think you should experiment and lock in a new style because it's only exciting. And, you know, as an artist, like working hard at something and then like impressing yourself is like there's nothing better. There's no drug on earth. Yeah, that that's, can that's make you feel feeling. better about making something you're like excited about. Yeah. And sometimes there are periods when you don't have this feeling, but eventually you your goal is basically to get to that point. Yeah. And basically that's the that's the ultimate goal. And this is this is the problem that it, if someone just he's satisfied after I don't know whatever. Yeah, it's a complicated. Yeah. When I think about all these things that we just defined, it's yeah. it's a very complicated world. It is. Because it's not uh, defined. Yeah. Exactly. And the world's even changing. Like now, like artists are just on YouTube just for YouTube. We actually have to switch it up uh, a little surprise for you. So Chris will bring it up. Hopefully, keep we'll... talking. Give me a second. Okay. Um, but I want after this, I want to talk about that because I think there's a, a something else we share. There's a theme of art and then making art for content. Mm. And like I consider myself a videographer. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge creative outlet for me. Yeah. But then I'm painting in the video. So it's this weird circle of painting for videos. And I love to make the videos about the paintings. And um, and that's another thing that's like, I've told people that YouTube is like a blessing and a curse. It's like, I would, I would never have been painting as much as I have in my life if it wasn't for my passion to record it. But now I can't paint or draw without recording it. Mm-hmm. And it's like a curse. Yes, it is. All right, but we're going to put a pin in that. And we're going to watch this. Hello, donkey, my friend. <laughs> Hello to the USA. So cool that you are now in the Slooniverse. So cool. Um, Slew asked me if I got a cool question for you, and I have one, and I want to you to make a prediction. Please tell me, um, what will you be doing in five years? Like, is YouTube still existing? Do we have flying cars? <laughs> uh, is everything like it is now, or will you be a TikTok star? <laughs> I want to know what you will be doing in five years. Yeah, this would be interesting. Goodbye. Great question. Legend. Great Just, question also. Thank you, Smo. Yes, it's a very good question. And I ask myself this question quite a lot. Um, In five years. You know, I noticed a trend on, on YouTube mm-hmm. that views in general are getting down. And I saw it uh, across all the all the channels from from Jazza to um, no, I, I didn't want to mention him specifically, but from his group of uh, artists like who try all kinds of different yep. things, and from uh, through graffiti scene, uh, all these categories, views are getting down. And I have some theories why, for example, Smo mentioned TikTok. I think people spend a lot more time on TikTok these I agree. days. Uh, and yeah, will we still be doing YouTube videos in five years? I guess yes. 
but um, I can't say that for sure. Mm -hmm. There is a part of me that is kind of scared that it just it just won't work. But on the other hand, I can't imagine these other platforms like TikTok replacing this completely because um, I think that the, there will be still a place for this longer format. But the question, I think the question is if we will still be able to make a living out of it. Yeah. Because um, I am still able to do that, but it's getting harder. Yeah. And I think we all kind of feel it. We all kind of see it. And the positive part of my brain is telling me that we'll just adapt. You know, it's, it's always about adapting. It, across the whole history, you always had to adapt. Although, um, back in the days, things were happening a lot slower. Yes, good point. These days, things are happening at very fast pace, and we have to adapt very fast. And uh, TikTok, yeah. TikTok is great, Yeah, but you can't make nothing out of it. I mean, for us, in the world we're in, it just stinks because we spend so long painting something and then you have to make a 60 second clip of it so it's it's uh, it's yeah. a bummer for our world this is not specifically this, exactly this is what you just said is the reason why tiktok is not for artists mm -hmm. because yes it can be for us but if we post one tiktok per i don't know week even three days it's not enough yeah it's 100%. not enough for that platform yeah. so <sighs> as long as people want to see artists doing what we do yeah i think we will be fine maybe <laughs> i agree i don't think youtube will ever die but i think part of what you said and maybe his question was besides youtube what are you want to do in five years because i don't even know i love youtube born and raised but i can't say that i'm gonna want to do this you know even in five years maybe like i want to try something completely new like we're still pretty young like we could start a new career or we could you know, we could still be artists, but not be artists on YouTube. I don't know. It's a, it's a hard question, but um, yeah, I think that YouTube will always be sort of a part of of my portfolio mm. of social presence. But uh, what I know for sure is that I don't want to be doing YouTube the way I am doing it at this point for for I don't know ten years. Maybe mm. in five years that that's like that's like the level where I can see myself doing it but for longer what i mean by that is producing a video every single week yeah because that's my goal right now yeah. and uh, me too and it's it, freaking hard man. it's that that curse you talked about yeah this is the curse because you don't have these uh, longer periods when you can create them if you produce videos for more weeks and then you have sort of more free time but yeah, that means you need to produce three videos per week, which is hard. Crazy. And what are the other ways? Well, Smo is a ex uh, perfect example of uh, artist who was making a living without YouTube with commissions. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, commissions, I do them from time to time and they are great and they're, but I don't really want to see myself as a completely commissioned yeah. artist. You Me know, too. just painting for what people want. 
because especially in murals, it's a very like, yeah, I can't paint. Can you paint a deer on my? Yeah, no, mind? I understand. Especially if you have the option to do whatever you want, and make money. Yeah, that seems less. I, I think we all chase that opportunity to do what we want and sell that. Of, right? of course, to have that that freedom you can create that in commission world yeah you just say okay this is my style i do yep. this you can pick that or... harder yeah it's hard very lucky it's hard to complain but i understand how you feel and other ways well nfts <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't get me started i was watching that uh podcast with uh dean yeah dean and he was talking about all these nfts and i was like god damn it I'm so late. I'm so late to this world. Dude, you're telling me. And then I don't know if you saw a video I uploaded recently because I was going to move the podcast onto the main channel. I saw that. And then like so many people were ripping on me, unsubscribing. And a lot of them were talking. We were just talking about this, Chris and I, like about I never mentioned NFTs on my main channel ever. Mm -hmm. Never. Mm -hmm. I only had the title with Dean saying a real NFT artist. And by the way, Dean's amazing. He's a traditional artist, amazing artist that happened now to like find success in NFTs. And people were just like typing, like, if you start doing NFTs, I'll never watch a video again. Like, we hate it. Like, and people were just cutthroat. And I was like, oh, God, I got to be careful. Yeah, it's it's uh, very careful. You need to be very careful. <laughs> the YouTube community hates it, I think. Mm, I well, my my biggest problem with NFTs is the is the eco friendly factor. Yeah, you probably remember Ten Hundreds video. Yeah, about he did that, a great video. That he want, wanted to get into this world, but then he realized this and that, and that it's a very uh, it has a very big carbon fiber footprint. Yep. On the other hand, uh, I was doing some research on this, and in the next, I don't know, six months, uh, we should make this. They should fix this, it, like the the blockchain. Yep. You know, it will be more eco-friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the energy it takes to do all of these things. Yes. So, I think that when when this is gone, I don't care that people don't like NFTs. Yeah. If it's eco-friendly, I will get into that space for sure. But. but if it is a future, I think the hype is kind of over. Yep. It will stay here, but yeah. I, I see NFTs as sort of a certificate for 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 real art. digital art. Is it real? Yeah, art, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, it is. It really is. It's just the it's just the technology to certify something digital. Yeah. NFT art is shit. It's pretty much shitty art. People just trying to make money. Yeah. That's what I don't like. The pump and dump kids just trying to make a bunch of money. God bless you if you're making money, get yours. But the actual artists that make NFT, it's bad art. Again, there's no such thing as bad art, but we could all agree it's pretty shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can. Um, this is kind of my final question, my biggest question. Do you still have beef with Ghost EA? <laughs> I have a new beef. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, the beef with Ghost EA. 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 I am, I'm, I'm kidding, obviously, but ah, uh, yeah, ah, uh, no, it's not, it's not. Uh, we don't have a beef anymore, yeah. I, I guess. Um, but it was, it was uh, my first big beef on the, in the in the uh, social media uh, space. Yeah, and it taught me a lot. Yeah, like yeah, what? It, it taught me a lot that. Um, <laughs> what? That's a good question. Well, I'm just curious because, like, I don't. Um, 
yeah, what a I, long what time I, ago. What I did back there was that I, I basically say that I don't like his style. Mm -hmm. And when I'm thinking about it, there was nothing wrong about that. Mm -hmm. You can, because I remember saying I respect him as a yeah. artist, whatever. Nothing personal. I just don't like his style. You know, that's what I said. And then it went into some beef. But Did he ever reach out to you? Uh, personally, no. 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 But I remember that back then there was, I, uh, I don't want to get into that. It's, 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 uh. It's not a beef anymore. Good, right? and I was just kidding, people. That was just more of like a joke. <laughs> final question. Yeah, but beefs are a part of the game. You're right. Did you see the jazz? Uh, what's his face? CHC. Yeah, that was a lot of work. Jazza <laughs> put Maybe. into that one, and, and I thought it was a joke at first, but yeah. it was like real. But I was I I I think that people were feeling that this is this is this is some growing something is yeah, growing. But it was like intense. Yeah. Two 30 minute videos. And he had ZHC on to talk about it. And I thought it was a giant troll like April Fools. And I kept watching. I was like, wait, oh, Jazz is really slapping him. Slapping yeah. his cheeks. Yeah. You know what? Because I, I sort of felt like Jazza was always the godfather of U graffiti YouTube. And suddenly, not graffiti, <laughs> or, sorry, or art YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. And then then suddenly this, this, this young artist appeared mm -hmm. and he, he crushed it. I mean, he Mr. Beasted it. Yes. But, <laughs> yeah, he, he 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 started to copy Mr. Beast, yep. and it worked. It worked. And it, it, it is kind of sad that it worked, but... Uh, it's, it's the same thing as that we were just talking about. The why, why I don't really care, again, I'm jealous. He gets more views in three hours than my whole YouTube career in five years have gotten. But he is an amazing illustrator and he's a really talented artist. His early videos, like he really knows how to draw. He's trained and he's a he's a really technically talented artist. Definitely. And he moved into this to get his money and make a bag and sell respect. I mean, it is a little sellouty, but the fact that I know he's like a trained good artist, I have no issue with it. You know, it shows a sad truth that YouTube isn't really for <laughs> artist maybe you can't romanticize the art world especially if you want to make a living you got to play the game yes and the game is to make a great title and a great thumbnail yep i mean the fucking bane of my existence yes that's the curse <laughs> yes. that's the curse <laughs> and know, people you understand and people understand. are people are telling me like yeah you just think these thumbnails and the you have to do that. You have to, I, I can't name my video uh, graffiti piece number 487. <laughs> yeah. You have to play the game. There is You're no good way. at it. You're really good at it. <sighs> You've gotten so many viral videos. But again, it's true. And like, I don't give a shit anymore. Like clickbait, whatever. It's like anything. Talk about YouTube channels dying. My views have been so low, whatever. That's the ebb and flows of it. But it's like, if you if it's not a crazy, catchy thumbnail title, and I'm spending weeks on a painting and making a video and then no one sees it. It's like, what am I doing? I think that this is showing that YouTube went, yeah, it would be a lot more efficient if you sell the painting for some money, yeah. good, good money. Yeah, but and... now I have sponsors, which is actually helping. So it's like, doesn't matter yeah. if the video does well or not. Sponsorships. You don't really do sponsorships. I don't. Why? I don't get that. <laughs> no, that's not true. No way. Really? 
I am, because you're in Bratislava? I am surprised that, for example, 1000 in every single video, he almost in the last weeks. I you had, would throw up to hear how much money he makes. And I don't know specifically, but I'm friends, good friends with him. But like, <laughs> just the amount of just the amount of like views you don't get any you don't get reached out from any companies i can't believe that's true i get i get some offers for example but how how i got a offer from skillshare for mm -hmm. example but i had one video he has 10 videos yeah why how <laughs> i signed the contracts also i do like six month deals 10 months but the the rates are lower, but it's still like that money is way better than the YouTube ad revenue for me yes, now at least. Yes, and uh, that's I crazy dude. You get so many views. I get offers, but I don't get that many of them. And for sure, uh, if it is something that I don't want to support, yeah, I, I just right. say no. Of course. But yeah, I don't get all that many offers, and I'm kind of sad about that but <laughs> on the other hand i don't really like to involve these things in my videos yeah no you're you're good at that like you're the least selly out i mean not that it's bad or good and i don't want to keep talking about money because it's personal and whatever but you collect eyeballs and you have a bunch of eyeballs you should be able to i'm sure companies want your balls maybe it is the maybe <laughs> <laughs> companies want my balls Oh, okay. <laughs> Cut that out. Yeah, that's Chris the, loved that one. That's the, that's the thumbnail. Yeah. You know, some crazy face. You Companies want dope balls. Yeah, that's the thumbnail and title and boom, we got it. Uh, uh, maybe it is the problem that I'm from Slovakia. Once I got uh, reached out by, uh, by uh, some computer company, Asus, maybe. Asus, Asus. yeah, Asus. it's a computer or a computer. Yeah, computer. maybe. I think it was them and they were like they wanted to send me a monitor or something and i was like yeah sure great and then they were like what's your shipping address and i was mm -hmm. like slovakia and they were like <laughs> yeah. uh, we can't that. do that we can't yeah. do that but some companies are able to do that but yeah sponsorships <laughs> are definitely a great way how to make a lot a lot more money from youtube yeah because if you have a sponsorship in your video it basically i don't know triples maybe even even yeah. more yeah the revenue and I wouldn't be able video. to do it like I wouldn't be able to have this place if I didn't have like the consistent I, I don't have them every video but out of four or five videos a month three sometimes four are a sponsored video and it really helps me I mean just my YouTube AdSense it's like very low recently so I could not do any of this um, but I had a I will give an example I had a sponsored video by PUBG yeah in, nice. in December and that one video uh, that one sponsorship basically created more revenue than my whole work in next two months. Yeah, wow. This is the effect that sponsorship yeah, has. It's amazing. Yeah, I need to get more sponsorships, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we got to end it here because we've only done 90 minutes, but there's so many more things I want to ask you like about your favorite YouTubers and other things, but you know what? This will be a perfect time for when you come back to New York City and we'll do round two. Okay. But that's going to be a lot of time. No, it's not. We okay. can also do it over Skype and stuff. No, whatever. But Yeah, it's always better. Maybe I'll come person. to Bratislava. We'll bring all this gear. Yeah, I'm, I want to see American guy coming to my city. I want to see the, the, the No reactions. Americans have ever been there. Kipto wanted to come. But yeah. then I was like, because he had this crazy road across Europe. And I right. was like, you don't, really, you don't really need to come here. You know, yeah. there's like... <laughs> That's I can funny. come to see you, yeah. but 
I didn't have that many guests. Small arrived, but Germany, Slovakia, that's pretty... Well, okay, it's not that similar. Yeah. I would like to just see your reactions. I'd love it. I've been to Europe like quite a bit, but I just love traveling and it would be great. I mean, it'd just be exciting. Vienna's right there, especially if I was a... If I Vienna rented a car. Vienna is boring. Is it? I know, it's great, but... <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just need to... Uh, convince people what about that the, what about my city is better hungary what's the biggest uh, hungary what's the biggest budapest budapest it's free prague? prague is in czech republic okay, okay, okay. these vienna budapest, budapest yeah yeah prague bratislava you can do all these in in one trip it's pretty close that's awesome yeah i'll have to get to central europe central europe yeah, central um, and also for people listening we're painting a mural tomorrow we forgot to mention that yeah, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> but it's going to be great. So, but It's great that we talked today. Yeah. Because what I hate about these collaborations is that when you meet someone for one day, you, you want to talk, you know? Uh-huh, yeah, you, yeah. You don't want to paint. And yeah. we need to focus. Yes. But I'm right nervous. Now, you're nervous? Well, I just don't paint murals anymore. Ah, and the okay. style, it's like, I'm always like, <gasps> when I painted with 1000, I was like, oh, he just literally, he's, he, he's like, shut up, Slew. And he just goes nonstop, 10 hours straight doesn't stop painting huge amazing and he's so never sketches anything out god bless him but i was like what the fuck <laughs> i'm like checking my sketch i'm drawing my ipad i'm like i don't paint murals anymore but it's like an exciting nervous yeah it's it's stressful but we can deal with that it's just gonna be fun i mean it's not gonna rain one bit and so this video like maybe i will splice some of that video i'm gonna come out with a vlog of like part of this podcast Doke over here hanging and the mural, and then I'm sure you'll have a video. I will. Of traveling to New York City and all the other awesome things you're going to do. Yeah, but I don't have the thumbnail yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll make one. We need to make something. We need to do something crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, you're the king of the thumbnails. You started doing the... I was like, that's why. If, if you saw me doing thumbnails, it's like I, I start a camera and I'm like... Doing all these crazy faces because, yeah, sometimes it I works though. Sometimes I look at my thumbnails and I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm yeah. not proud of this one. But no one cares. And I, looking back, that's my biggest regret. I feel like I did the shittiest thumbnails and titles for like years when it was the prime time. Yeah, if I you, never le leaned into it enough. If you don't have the good thumbnail, you, you're, just, you, your video can be the best one in the world, but mm -hmm. no one will see it. All right, well, anything else? Chris? You see how it got hotter in here just from the lights? I'm sweating a little. It's completely. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on. This was like a dream come true, man. It was great. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, and we got all day tomorrow, and uh, I guess that's it. So, uh, signing off. Bye.